Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location, downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had... Chinese bow. It's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show, the Modcast version, the Mod Squad. I don't know what Jeffrey's got up his sleeve today to call it, man. We appreciate everybody joining us on this Saturday morning. Um, I'm Justin Hokinson with me as always on Saturday morning, our awesome, awesome modcast version with Cole Pinkston and Jeffrey Lee. What is up, fellas? How's everybody, hey. How's everybody doing? How about What's you, up? Hope? What's up? Man, we made it. I feel like I feel like we made it to the the, the real season, man. We had some tune ups, we had some preseason, and and now there's something to play for with this Penn State game, man. It's 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 wild. Finally, some yeah, true entertainment. This is a big one for sure. Yeah. Um, man, Auburn goes in. Let's see, there's a seven-point line when it opened, and then uh, it's down to five, I think. Um, as of as of, I think by probably four and a half, five by the time game starts, I would think, which probably is about right. A touchdown seems like a a good bit. Um, I mean, these teams seem fairly even, other than Penn State playing at home and started the season ranked higher. Um, but man, it's going to be a good game, Jeffrey. Just kind of kick us off, dude. What 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 are you thinking? What are you feeling? I mean, there's just so much that goes into this game. Not just the matchup, like historical stuff. Auburn hadn't been up to a, pen, a Big Ten team since 1931. Um, it's just a cool matchup for a lot of different reasons, man. But what, like, what catches your eye? Yeah, just being being away in, in an environment that's on a that's not an SEC stadium. I think a lot of people are making too much out of this wide out crap, though, to be honest with you. I mean, this is Auburn plays, you know, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Florida, all these schools got environments equal to or better than Penn State and what we're going to see Saturday night. So that that really doesn't, uh, you know, it's 
I guess it's fun to read for Penn State fans, but you know, in the end, I think it's crap. Uh, but but <laughs> you do want to not let that get over overly excited. I mean, you want to go in and not make mistakes. To me, that's the biggest thing on the road in a game like this is not making mistakes, especially early. You can't fall behind early. Um, so turnovers, penalties, stuff like that, unforced errors, man. You uh, you got to stay away from that. I think. I think Auburn, I'm really excited to see the offensive plan Mike Bobo, Brian Harson have put together. Um, uh, you know, I want to I see how much Tank's going to be involved. I think a lot. I think there will, we'll see a lot of a uh, lot more conservative approach. I think, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust in a game like this will will, will be beneficial for Auburn. You know, not not taking too, too many sacks. Um, you know, just the negatives. And uh, – I think in order to stay away from stuff like that, I think we'll see a lot of number four and uh, possibly 27. Yeah, he's intriguing. I mean, what, like how much are you going to see of Hunter? I mean, I, I think we're all focused on a lot of a lot of things, but that'll be kind of interesting to see what he how he stands up against, you know, a, a, a top true freshman. He's going to get he's not going to get two, three carries. He's going to get seven, eight carries, you know, or more. He's going to have a chance to show himself. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's he, he's the kind of guy, the true freshman, they've never been in this environment before, not even at home. You know, the most I've seen in the stands so far is maybe, what, 70? Maybe. Yeah. 70,000. So, you know, it'll be a big difference for the, for the true freshmen uh, who are playing. Um, but, you know, this line is senior-laden. Uh, Bo's been there. Tank's been there. So I, I don't think the atmosphere up there is going to be as big of – a factor as Penn state wishes it were. Yeah. I, 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 Cole, I'm going to get your opinion on this, but since you brought up the crowd, I mean, I think we can talk about that because you're right. It's been a popular point of discussion this week on the uh, whiteout and, and Penn state is uh, hyping it up. And it's like, so let's be fair. It's an awesome atmosphere. We're not saying it's not an awesome atmosphere. I think the, the disconnect is, Auburn's been in awesome atmospheres before. And so is it an awesome atmosphere, whiteout Penn State? Yep. But Auburn's been in those before, and they play in the SEC. And so to, to, to try to say that the atmosphere is going to decide the game, I, I mean, I, I think anytime you play at home, it's just an advantage. I, I don't see, sure. like, any extra advantage. I mean, Auburn went and played at Florida two years ago. Bo Nix is a true freshman. That offense was played – Terrible that game. They had sure. nothing. Now, granted, that was a really good defense, and Derek Brown about single-handedly tried to win that game. Um, but but as bad as that offense played in that environment, and I was at that game, it's the mo it rivals 2010 Alabama as one of the more hostile, loud environments I've seen Auburn play in. It was it was loud, very loud. Um, and it was anybody's game in the fourth quarter, and Auburn played terrible on offense. Like oh, so, awful. I don't know. I mean, keep it into perspective on the on the wide. I mean, it will be crazy. They're talking about. I think they've their capacity record is like one hundred ten thousand, like packed out right. You know, to the rafters. If Auburn travels as well as we think, like if Auburn brings ten thousand people, you know, it will be a big crowd. Even Florida's in the nineties. You know, it will be larger. But at some point, I think it was Andrew McCain, former Auburn offensive tackle, said on Twitter this week, and I retweeted him. He was like, "Look." loud's loud like at some point 
if I can't hear you, I can't hear you. I mean, at some point it's just loud and it's louder and it's, it's, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. So I'm, I'm kind of with you, Jeffrey, on that. Like it's a, it's, of course it's a factor, but it's maybe being overblown just a tad, but you know, whatever Penn state's happy about it. That's their thing. They're excited about it. You know, I asked TD, by the way, we put that, put that, um, series up with td moultrie started that on auburn live and i asked him about that and he goes he said uh he's like we just have to silence the crowd he goes i hope they're really loud he goes because he goes just know that we're coming that's what td said of course that's classic that's classic uh that's classic td he's like just know we're coming what do you make of this game cole i know you had a five you had your five questions up about the game um kind of looking at what what's going to matter to me i think i mean and like jeffrey said about tank bigsby like it's got to come down to the offensive line for Auburn, probably both offensive lines for both teams. Like whichever one steps up and runs the ball probably wins the game. But like, what are you, what are you looking for in this game? What's the first factor? And then what are kind of the second and third factors for, for Auburn in this game? Well, uh, just to comment on the crowd noise too. The, uh, don't forget that Auburn is huddling a lot now and that's going to help a little bit instead of getting every single signal point. in from, from the sideline. So They'll have that, you know, that ability too. And in and, and the huddle, it's still going to be hard to hear, but it's better. So uh, just from an organizational standpoint, that should help a lot. And they may huddle more than usual. Um, yeah, well, for the offensive line, uh, I, I don't, I've never really seen Auburn's offensive line as being absolutely terrible. And I'm talking about the current offensive line being absolutely terrible in the run game. They've never been terrible. They've been mediocre, yes, uh, but they've never been terrible. You got some guys in there that can that can move, you know, defensive linemen off the ball a little bit. Keandre Jones has been good at that. Uh, Brodarius Ham has been good, and I know Alec Jackson and Manning are backups, but but they'll probably play a good bit and as they have been, and um, they're pretty good in that facet of the game too. So. Uh, it all kind of goes together with, with the running game and Bo Nix, too. Uh, if Auburn's able to run the football, and I think they will be able to, Bo Nix should be – he should have uh, he should have more confidence in each play. He should be better uh, prepared. He should, he should feel better about that. Uh, and, and also with the play calling. I, I've talked a lot about the play calling, and I criticized it some in previous years. And, and – uh, I think the biggest problem with play calling has been putting when even if it's not Bo Nix, just putting the quarterback in these terrible situations at times. Yeah. Uh, I I did a I did a play breakdown on the Georgia game from 2019. And if you all remember that game, uh, Auburn came back in the fourth quarter, had a chance to win it, scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, made it 21-14. Harold Joyner dropped the ball oh. in that game. Shocker. In that game. I know. It, it hurts. It hurts to go back and think about it. Uh, but, uh, but They almost but, pulled that out, man. They almost pulled that game out. Holy smokes. They did. And that's those are the kind of games that you hope to not see again because it sh- they, Auburn should have never been that deep in the hole in the first oh, place. Yeah. Oh. But from a play calling standpoint, um, they did not run anything that was not an RPO attachment. In other words, Bo Nix is having to make all kinds of reads on every single play. So – he's got less reads now. I mean, some of these play action plays where they keep the tight ends in the box to protect, you're seeing one or two routes 
and they're open because the timing on the play call is better. They're open because they've been playing lesser talent too, but, but they're going to go back to that. They're going to give that a shot, you know? So uh, plays like that. And you just got more simple. It's more simplistic, but it's, it's well-timed as well. So I think Bo Nix is going to be in better shape going into that crowd because of that. Yeah. I think that's what stands out to me when people try to figure out what Bo Nix is going to look like in this game is, is the options is, you know, is, is the, is the play calling it's the options on, on each play. It's not putting him in situations where it's, you know, it's back shoulder to Seth or, you know, run scramble and it's trouble. You know, I think just having a few more options for him, hopefully will give him an opportunity to get rid of the football a little bit. Um, this and is a I huge game for limits his, He doesn't have to think as much either. So at times, yeah. there will be times when he will, but not every single play. Not every yeah. single play is he going to have to think through four different reads, you know. So that should help. Yeah. Well, we talk about Bo Nix being – it sounds bad when I say this. <laughs> it sounds bad, but uh, he's better. he's better when he doesn't think. I know it sounds terrible, but I mean, right? Like, don't we get the impression that when he's thinking too much, yeah. you know, I mean, think about like Oregon's two-minute drill, like you're talking about Georgia fourth quarter. I mean, sometimes when the pressure's on and he feels like we got to, you know, he's good, it's, I don't know. I guess I guess he's, he, when he thinks and also when he's careless. When the game's on the line, like late, he's, I feel like he's dialed in. I feel like it's early in the game, in this middle of the game, where he kind of just kind of loses his mind, gets a little careless, and can throw off his back foot or or do something foolish and – that's what I want to see if that's done with. Like, can we see good decisions from him where it's like, okay, Bobo's flipping the switch with him and, and you're seeing a little bit of maturity and you're seeing a good decision here and there. That Like, that's that's a, state, that's a, fr- a frame of mind, a state of mind thing, I think, with Bo that is hard to, to change, Jeffrey. I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that would be – that'd be something huge to, to watch for because that's not a mechanical thing. That's a – that's a mental thing that he's got to shift. Yeah, you know, and the thing with Bo is we've yet to see him in against a quality opponent just from beginning to end play like we think he's capable of playing, right? Right. Yeah. We just haven't seen that. Now, against uh, Akron, it, it was as good as you can get, but we're talking about Akron here, right? <laughs> uh, so we've yet to see him put a full game together. And if maybe I'm forgetting one, Cole, Justin, if y'all can think of one, I can't think of anybody much less the quarterback having a complete game under malls on but (laughs) maybe he did but i don't remember but yes so so, and and i don't think bo nix has to win this game i I don't think i agree i agree i don't think auburn has to have bo nix to win this game and um but i would like to see him do everything in his power to contribute to the win you know i want to see a complete game from him a leader a guy who's making all the right decisions, just a complete game from beginning to end from Bo Nix. And, and that's not asking a lot. I'm talking about making that third or fourth read. I'm talking about dropping it down, you know, um, going to your um, – <clears throat> your. Uh, what? What is it, read? man? Come on, man. Third read? What are you, no, man, what are you like, saying? Hey, second read, third like, read? Like, like, check, check down. Check down. Thank you. 
Cole. Oh, Jesus hell. Christ. Come on, Cole. I, I didn't know that hand signal. I'm sorry. Hey, day in the what morning. You Cole, Cole, you're only here to say check down and things like that. Yes. Okay? Finish my sentences <laughs> for me, Cole. God dang. We, we need to get together and get some signals for that. I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, I, I was I was about to get it. I was sitting, I was seeing Tank Bixby Tank Bixby over here in the flat. I was, get to it. Chalk on that one. <laughs> I was trying to throw the ball to Tank Bixby over here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, making those checkdowns, man. You know, don't don't force throws. Don't think you have to score two play drives. I, I want to see long drives. I really do want to see the three three yards in a cloud of dust against this game. I think Auburn does its best run blocking. I think they've got the better running back. I think they probably got the better run game. I watched Penn State against Wisconsin. Wasn't blown away by either team, but I, you know I, that was the first game of the season. So what do you know? Uh, but that, I, I think Auburn will run. Hope they run heavy, and then maybe it makes sense some play action passes. Um, well, like yeah. you're saying with with Bo there, Jeffrey, uh, that just shows the biggest difference in the two offensive philosophies. Because it, before, uh, you know, it all hinged on Bo's performance. Everything, yeah. every single play hinged on his performance. Wow! If he didn't play well, the team, the offensive team, was not going to play well at all. Now you got more options. You can you can give it to your running backs, and you got the under center running game where you can try to take control of the game in that way. You can control the clock. You can do things like that. And in in this case, you can you can help control the the crowd with long drives. That's that's going to be the goal, I think. Wow, never thought about it like that, Cole. You're talking about the read option. Everything was on the quarterback, yeah, wasn't it? Everything, everything. He has a bad game there. You know, wow, that's. That's good yeah, and it's not it's not specific to Bo either because just just my my offensive philosophy is to try to make the players not think too much. You want the coaches to do the thinking, right? Right. The coaches do the thinking, the players do the playing. If you can get them set up in a position where they can just play football and don't have to think too much, you're in good shape. You know, it's funny as you say that. I remember a story about, and I can't remember. I want to say it was the '93 Auburn team. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it was the 93 Auburn team. Um, but they were talking about how that year they basically never audibled. They just ran the play. And um, and so that goes back to just – it just made me think about that when you're talking about think too much. And maybe even in an environment like this against Penn State, man, just make it simple. Execute and run the play. Don't don't try to give Bo, hey, do this. If they show this, we're going to audible here. Like – I, I get you'd want the perfect play, man, but sometimes you call the perfect play and you don't even execute it. Sometimes you call the wrong play and they execute poorly. Like there's so many factors. So I just wonder if there's ways that they can just, here's what we're doing. Go out there, line up. We're, we're not going to audible much, execute the shit out of the play and run the play. Like instead of trying to give them so much to think about and we're going to switch this and call this if they line up there, that's going to be hard in that kind of environment, especially a new offense. Yeah, no doubt. That's where the huddle comes in handy too, because you can you got time to sit there and, and talk through things in the huddle. That I'm telling you, that's that is a lost art in football. Nobody huddles anymore, but huddle. there's plenty there's plenty of things there's plenty of things that go on in the huddle yeah. that that you can't handle when you're just lined up taking in signals. You know, so yeah. that that's gonna I just think that's a big factor in this one. I think that's gonna help a lot. Slow down all. and huddle up. Yeah, slow down and, they and may huddle not. up. I may say that, and they may not huddle at all, but they have been huddling some. And, and oh, they'll uh, huddle they might... They'll have their moments. I mean, they'll have those moments where he wants to push tempo if they hit a big play or something, you know. Yeah, but right, no, no, I think right. you're right. I think they're going to huddle and come, try to try to be composed. 
Yes. Yeah. That's going to be big for the whole offense, not just Bo Nix. I mean, you think about this running game and, and recently against – I mean, gosh, you go back the last couple of years. I mean, this is kind of what's sort of been the downfall for Malzahn, especially on the offensive side. It starts with offensive line recruiting and offensive line play, and then that translates into not being able to run the football, which is what Malzahn's entire offense is based upon. And then that leads to just yeah. disastrous performances <laughs> on offense. Like, you know, I mean, it's pretty easy to dissect, like, what happened. Right. It's yeah. been a while. Like, when's the last time Auburn played a big game and they really ran the football well? I mean, you – I mean, I guess – I don't know what the rushing numbers were in 2019 Iron Bowl, but that was a crazy game where you have two defensive touchdowns. And um, I don't know – you know, I don't know what – what happened in that game rushing wise, there, there was a lot that went into that game to scoring, I, but I don't know when the last time Auburn played a big game like this and established themselves on the offensive line and ran the football. I mean, would you have to go back to 17 to find a game with carry on to find a game where they played somebody and they absolutely ran the ball. Like they rushed for a buck 50. They were great up front. I mean, I, it's been a while I and mean, that's been a huge, the huge problem. Minnesota, they get killed on the line of scrimmage the last couple of years in that bowl game. Northwestern, Georgia, Alabama. Jeez. I mean, they just they just get smoked on the line of scrimmage yeah. on that offensive side, that offensive line, man. They got to break like a two or three year yeah. run here of just bad performances. They have yeah. had some awful ones. 17 in that Iron Bowl. I may even give more credit to carry on than I would the offensive line. <laughs> he was incredible in that game. That's kind of been the calling card, right? great running backs but uh and you got tank this time he can make it happen when there's nothing there maybe dark with hunter can do that too he, he's kind of gotten some big holes open for him this so far this season but uh i i think he's you know he's earned at least eight to ten carries right there with tank oh, she if they get to if they get to run in the ball a lot that is which i think they will i think they're yeah. going to try to establish that that's got to be there yeah so what about – um? so what, what do you think those guys have to do? Combined? So I've been talking about feeling like Tank needs to have all-purpose yardage. I feel like Tank's got to have, you know, 150 all-purpose yards or something in this game. I just – I mean, he's their best player on offense. He has to have – it's hard for me to imagine Auburn winning a big game like this with the current team and Tank doesn't have a big game. I mean, that that right. would be pretty surprising. I don't know how that would how that would happen without him having a big game. But what so what does he have to do? What's Jarquez have to do? do you think in terms of like total rushing yards between those guys or maybe total all-purpose yards? Like what's the number are we thinking that, hey, they need to get – those two guys need to get to 175 yards rushing combined or something. I mean, is there is there something where you can feel like at least if they get here, Auburn's in the game in the fourth quarter and they're going to have a chance to win. They just – they need to be able to do – do they have to rush for 200 or – can it be somewhere below that? I mean, how how, kind of, how big of an impact do they need to make? That's that's a tough question, you know, because Wisconsin ran for 180 yards and lost. Uh, so that's yeah. – <laughs> I don't know. But I actually think holding Wisconsin to 180, like I actually thought that's not bad. I don't know. I guess it's – I just have a lot yeah. of respect for Wisconsin's ability to run the ball. Like if you held them to 180 at home, I don't know. It sounds like a lot, but the way offense is, it's not terrible. I don't know. I mean, it's not – well, worse, I guess. again, think of the way that Wisconsin runs the football, too. They're, they're pretty much under center. They they load it up with tight ends, and they, they make the box really heavy, right? So um, Auburn practiced that against Alabama State ad nauseum yeah. last week, right? 
they got under center, they loaded up the box, and it looked like it was sloppy because they didn't get a lot of yards on every play. But the point of that, and, and I think this coaching staff does a good job of setting things up and doing things for a reason. Uh, they've done that on the recruiting trail. We've seen that. Uh, I, I think that even though they were loading the box and they knew they were going to have a hard time running last week, they were trying to establish something. They wanted to see if they could push around guys to get the yards they need. So I, instead of the total amount of yards, I think the important yards are your short yardage, your third down conversions. If it's third and five, can you run the football and get the first down instead of having to go to the air every single time? You know, can you keep the offense mixed? Because you don't want to be predictable ever. We've seen how that can be. So uh, just the important yards, the short yardage, that kind of stuff. The goal line offense, that's the stuff that I think is really important instead of just the overall stat, you know. That's a good point about goal line. It makes me think about red zone. I mean, Auburn hasn't had stuff like that. Like they haven't had to work on red zone offense. They're just scoring. I mean, they're just big plays, just doing what they want. Um, What does it look like red zone and, 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 you know, can they run it when the defense is stacked up there? I mean, there's just so many things that we don't, we don't know. Um, I wanted to ask you this, Jeffrey, because you've obviously been around Auburn football for a long time. What, what would this win mean for Brian Harson in this program right now? Because I mean, man, you think about Harson. He's he's never beaten a top ten team in his career. He's never even played one. Um, he had a he had number he beat number twelve Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl like in two thousand fourteen. Um, you know he's uh, obviously three games into to Auburn right now with a coaching. Rarely do you, I feel like rarely three games in do you get a chance to come in and have a game like this potentially win it and just immediately put your program back back in the top 15, like right off the bat, he could be three games in and have his program in the top 15. Um, and, you know, if they lose, they could do it against LSU. Like he'll have plenty of opportunities, but this is, you know, ABC, nationally televised game. I mean, it's pretty pretty huge opportunity for Brian Harson. If he wins, it's his biggest, biggest win of his career right off the bat. This will be it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, hold on, Jeffrey! Don't Jeffrey! Don't hit the check down button. <laughs> hit the mute button. <laughs> He's muted. No, it looked it looked like what you were saying was really important, though. Oh, did I, I did move? There it. he is. Hey, hey. <laughs> I, I muted it. I, I don't know how. I think I have a a, a blink blink twice and it mutes. Yeah, so Brian Harson has a. Uh, to me, this is his first chance to truly legitimize himself. Not only. Uh, I mean, seriously, uh, you know, there's still some doubts about this guy nationally as as whether he belongs here. I think this is a great chance. And I'm telling you, talk to some guys before they got on the plane and they know and and acknowledge 
how big of a game this is for them as a staff, Brian Harson as a coach. The win up there Saturday night would be huge on you know it wouldn't obviously it wouldn't affect SEC standings, but we're talking recruiting momentum. We're talking uh, you know just building momentum for this season. You coming back home to a Georgia State, then you've got at LSU very winnable game, and now you're looking at possibly being five and zero with Georgia coming to town and a another huge recruiting weekend. You know, we've already seen some recruits start going, hey, damn, Auburn's look, looking pretty good. They might, they haven't played anybody, but they've, they've dominated the shit out of them like they should. Um, so starting to build some momentum, man. A win uh, at Penn State would, would be big, very big for Brian Harson. Obviously, I think you said it, biggest win of his career and um, would really help get the ball rolling uh, down in Auburn. And I would, I, I, and for that reason, I, I hope Auburn wins. Like, I want to see the results. I want to see the effects a win up there would have on Auburn's recruiting. I really do. I want to see, um, you know, because I think it would be massive. I really do. I think, I think going into Georgia five and zero, and, and and at least playing decent, looking decent, maybe even winning, messing around and winning. I mean, there, there's a lot of potential for this team. I will say this though. Last week, the first quarter against Alabama State, I, it brought me back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. Right? Six penalties in the first half, just some some, some bozo playing, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, pump the brakes on this team. And then what do they do the second, third, and fourth quarters? They freaking dominate. Yeah. Like seven of the eight quarters they've played this year, they have played elite football. Against some trashy ass teams, don't get me wrong, but you've got to play elite football again. Don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't come down to their level. Yeah, it's all and, you can and do. they didn't. Seven of eight quarters this year has been as impressive Auburn football as I've seen in a long time. Yeah, no, you're right about the seven of eight quarters, and 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 yeah, and that's all you can do is is play that kind of dominant um, football. So. What do we make of the defense? We talked a little bit about the offense and, and rightly so, because it's a new, it's a new thing and we don't know exactly what they're going to look like. Um, good and bad. I mean, they haven't played Penn state. But then again, they haven't probably haven't shown, but you know, a very limited amount of their playbook. So there are some advantages for Auburn in playing these two cupcakes and going to play Penn state. I mean, there's the, there's the disadvantage of not being tested and not being in the fire yet. There's the advantage of having a bunch of your playbook that you have not had to show. And let's hope they can capitalize on that maybe in the first half and do some things before Penn State can adjust. But what about defensively, uh, Cole? How do you see this shaping out for Auburn's defense against um, against Penn State? Who? And, and here's the other part of this question, Cole. Is Penn State's offense being underrated at, at all? Because I think Sean Clifford is a proven, experienced guy. Um, I think Noah Kane was great two years ago, was banged up last year, hurt, but he's a good back. And Dotson is explosive. Um, now, do they have a litter of players? Like, you know, no, I mean, no, it's not like they got three wide outs and, you know, I mean, but they do have some ability and Sean Clifford, man, he, he's a gamer. I mean, he, he's a guy, he's kind of like Bo Nix. And so at home, he can make some plays. I think that offense could be scary. Um, I don't know, tricky good, if, if that makes sense. I mean, I think we're not giving them a lot of credit, but I think they might 
try to hit some big plays, but what, how do you see Auburn's defense matching up in this game? Like what's the, what are some of the keys? Do you think they can get after the quarterback and they stop the run? I mean, what, what are some matchups you're watching for on that side of the ball? Well, um, you know, the pass rush has been pretty good lately for Auburn. Uh, I will say this though. I, I think there was a slight drop off from game one to game two and just bringing four guys. Now, we haven't seen them blitz a lot yet. They haven't had to. There, there's been no need to, right? So, I, I it, and just looking at Penn State, looking at their offensive line, they got two guys. Uh, Rasheed Walker is the left tackle. Caden Wallace is the right tackle. They've had a little bit of trouble with edge rushers, and, and I'm talking mostly Wisconsin. But even Ball State caused a few issues for them. Uh, that one guy from Wisconsin, I can't think of his name right now, but he was he was absolutely uh, just just killing that left side, and he was getting in. He was disrupting the play every time. Sean Clifford had trouble getting going because of that. Sean Clifford's going to be really good if he's not pressured, and you can say that for a lot of quarterbacks, obviously. And, but but he is very accurate when he's able to stand there and throw the football, and he's got a little bit of mobility about him as well. So. But he's not really mobile in the sense that when there's pressure or the pocket's closing, that he can escape it. That's not really his game. Um, so, yeah, those two those two tackles, I think they're going to have a pretty nice little test with, with Derek Hall, T.D. Moultrie, Romella Height, Leota coming off the edge. And then uh, the wild card to me, which it doesn't seem like he should be, is, is Owen Papo. He he is, um, you know, he's team captain. He's all that, but I think he could be a really really good blitz specialist, and that might be how they use him more this year. He was good last year as a blitz guy, but he may be used more like that, you know, when it starts getting into big games like this one. Uh, like exotic blitz looks have been a problem for Penn State up front. They have struggled with that. And it's not because they aren't good enough. It's it's been confusion. They don't know who they're look. They don't know who they're supposed. To, they don't know who their man is. They haven't had the right protection call against certain blitz packages. They're going to try to fix that this week, but they haven't seen much of blitz much blitz from Auburn on film. They're probably having to go back and look at Derek Mason when he was at Vandy, Derek Mason when he was at Stanford. So they don't know what's coming at them yet, and they've struggled with it. I, I think that's something to watch. Um, as far as Dotson goes, you have to be a little less worried about him being matched up with Roger McCreary because Roger has proven time and time again, he's really good man coverage. And, yeah. uh, well, we know how good Dotson is. He's, I think, uh, he's had 26 catches of 20 or more yards in his career. He has five touchdown catches of 60 or more yards. So he's explosive. He can go off at yeah. any minute, but McCreary has shown that he's really good man coverage. And and just to comment on last week's game, most of what they did on defense was zone coverage. I think they really wanted to try to let those uh, underneath passes get completed and work on the secondary making open field tackles. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, you brought that up. That was an interesting that. point. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting point. Now, they did go man coverage a couple times. One of the few times they did – resulted in a pick six by Roger. Yeah. So look, that's his specialty. Okay. If, if, 
if he's going to make his money going to the pros, this week's the week to do it because the other guy he's covering is going to the pros too. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that matchup. I think that's going to be nice. I think that's going to be a good matchup both ways. But I like – I'm not going to say I, I'm giving McCreary the edge, but I like Auburn's chances with McCreary covering Dotson, put it that way. So. All right, Jeffrey's got a roll real quick. Um, before you go, Jeffrey, I want to get a prediction from you. How do you see this playing out? You don't have to give me a score because I hate doing score predictions because I'm. I mean, that's just so freaking hard to predict. But like, like margin or what? What do you what with with eight minutes in the fourth quarter? What does this game look like? This game looks like midway through the fourth quarter, Auburn's up ten. I feel like Auburn's up 10. I think uh, Penn State scores late, makes it a little bit closer than it really was. Uh, and, and to be fair, like I said, I've watched Penn State. Cole's seen more of Penn State than I have, so you probably know more than me, Cole. I've, I seen, saw Penn State against Wisconsin. Didn't see him against Ball State. Seen a lot of Auburn. Seen him play some really good football. I'm not worried about the wideout. Um, I have confidence in Brian Harson and Mike Bobo, at least for now. I mean, they've they've, built, they, they've earned that trust in me from me so uh, and Derek Mason is the same way I mean you're talking about giving up 10 points in, in two games so I really like Auburn's balance I like the offense I like the defense I think Bo's gonna be good and I think I think Auburn's going to make this not only a win but a statement win and I think the score like I said will be a little bit closer than the game really was but in the end, Auburn, uh, Auburn's going to walk out of there uh, looking at Alabama saying, D's nuts. <laughs> That's a good way. Yeah. That's a good way. It's possible. All right, man. All right, Jeffrey, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Um, Cole and I are going to keep going here for a couple more minutes. Jeffrey's going to peace okay. out. Um, make sure you go read his war room. It's a good one. Yeah, Auburn man. Com. Yep. FSU commits. Another man, oh, good stuff. That's the another, good stuff, man. Another man's loss is another man's gain. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Right. One way to say it. If that's not a saying, it should be, and I'm claiming it from here on out. Peace out, <laughs> fellas. Have a great weekend, man. See, See you, bro. Um, what do you think, Cole? Um, Auburn up ten in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, I just, I don't see it. I just, you know, again, I, I base a lot of my opinions and stuff on just kind of. One, what I've seen, and two, just I, I, there is a lot of gut feel that goes into when I'm when I'm thinking about a game, and there's not there's nothing particularly pointing me in a positive direction in terms of gut feel for Auburn being up ten in, in this game. Very well could happen, absolutely could happen. Um, I just don't know the probability of it uh, ha happening. Um, I think we'll know a lot more. I've kind of looked at it this way: get through the first quarter. Let's see where the game is at the end of the first quarter. And then and then I can then let's reevaluate your prediction. If it's zero zero, yeah, you know, or maybe Auburn's up seven nothing, or maybe Penn State's up seven nothing. I don't know. But well, let's see what happens in that yeah. first quarter. And then I think we'll know more about Auburn's psyche and what they're trying to do. Uh and the crowd. I think we'll just know more and then go, okay, all right. Now let's now maybe make a prediction for the next three quarters. Cause I just think I just think Auburn's really unpredictable right now. I mean, really yeah. un unpredictable. Well, 
if if you think they were unpredictable, I promise you, Penn State thinks they are too. They're not sure what to expect either. That's it's fair. Such a, it's such a different philosophy, man. Compared to what they were, what to what Auburn was doing, I think I think defensive coordinators are going to be a lot more worried going to play Auburn now because you think you, we talked about you know Auburn not being able to run the football and and having the bad offensive line play at times, but. Besides last year's Iron Bowl, really there was never another time that Auburn's just been blown out of the water by anybody. Even I'm talking to other Iron Bowls too. I mean, they've been in them, you know. So it just seems to me like the talent level is good enough to compete with teams like Penn State. It always has been. And now you, you've changed the philosophy. You've changed the attitude. you got a new um, – you know, you got a new regime going in there. I just think they're going to do better in games like this. And it, I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's how it's going to go. I feel more comfortable about it. I'll put it that way, especially in Bo Nix. But I'll go back to uh, to the running game. I think if Auburn runs the ball, if they show that they can get the ball moving on the ground, if they show that they can um, get – Penn State's defensive front moving, confused, if they can get them, you know, uh, handled. I, I think that Jeffrey's prediction is possible being up 10 in the, in the fourth quarter because Penn State's – they just didn't look really strong against the run game when, in either of the games they played. They didn't look dominant, I'll put it that way. They should have been dominant against Ball State, and they weren't. So I think if Auburn runs football, they're going to be just fine in this game. Now, as far as the crowd goes, I, I'm not quite on the same level with, with Jeffrey on that. I, I, think, I think that's going to play a factor. I don't think it's going to bother Bo Nix as much as it bothers the offensive line. You got a new snap count going, and you got a lot of noise. I would expect to see some false starts in there. I, I think that's going to happen. So that's going to that's be a problem at times, I think. I tend to agree. Um, I don't know how many false starts. I can't predict that. I mean, I think their experience playing football should help them there. But I do agree that it's one thing to, like I said, I think you need to distinguish sort of the conversation around the crowd, which has yeah. been, there's yeah. been sort of this underlying tone of Auburn's never faced something like this. Well, that's yeah, not that's, really that's, true. Have they been to Penn State? No. Have they been in front of 110 or 105,000? No. Because yeah. Florida doesn't hold that. Um, have they been in an insanely loud place? Yes, at Florida. Yes, at LSU. Last year, now last year they didn't. Now there is something to say. Last year they played Georgia and Alabama, limited crowds. So you'd have to go back and say Florida in 19, uh, LSU in 19. Um, that's really it. If you go back further than that, you're talking about players now, you're talking about in 18. I mean, who knows if they were on the roster or let alone even had big, big parts in the game. So there is something to be said. Now, Bo, no. Bo's played in those environments. I don't – I mean, Bo, it's another big environment. Bo's played, you know, against Oregon and neutral site. And, like, so, no, he's experienced it. And the offensive line's played a lot of football. Yeah. So, I would almost be – if I had to pick a group that I think potentially could be that – I, that I wonder about, it's the receivers. Hmm. That's the group that I still am not sold on. Um, in terms of just what they're capable of, I, I don't, I don't know. I think there's some decent players there. 
I think Demetrius Robertson is a good talent. He's got speed, but I, you know, Shedrick Jackson's got some reliability. He's strong. I like him as mental toughness. Like I like him as a football player. He's a guy that I would expect to go into an environment like this and and catch a ball over the middle and and not have an issue. Like, yeah, I'm not really worried about him. I guess from a mental standpoint, but I, as a group, I don't know what they're capable of. Um, and if if Penn State loads the box or Auburn's having trouble running the ball, I do not know yet if these receivers can step up to the plate and get open and make big plays. You know, I don't know. They're just going to have to show it to me before I can just predict that that's going to happen. I, I don't. I don't know. If I'm Penn State, man, I'm putting seven and I'm cheating somebody up and and I'm taking making sure that Tank uh, is is not winning this ball game or Jarquez or whoever. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you go ahead and throw to your receivers and try to make a bunch of plays that way. Um, throw to your tight ends, but I'm I'm challenging them in, 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 in that way. But I do think the crowd pl- will play a factor. It's kind of why I say go go through that first quarter. Get through that first yeah. quarter and and let's see. Okay, all right, it's loud, but but the, you know they're managing it. I think they're going to be somewhat prepared, man. Not just this week though; they were blaring music all week this week. But they've been doing it from the beginning of fall camp. When we would go out at fall camp and watch those open sessions, the music would be blaring already. Um, just random music. It's always Brian Harson's playlist, by the way. But the music was always playing. So that I, they've always had from from all of fall camp. That's part of practice is music is blaring. You have to focus. You, you can't always hear. It just makes you focus more. You're not going to go out to practice and have a quiet practice. No, it's music blaring. And I got to f- focus and concentrate on what's being said, what my task is. So it's not just like they started this week blaring music. Um, so, you know, so I mean, that, we'll, we'll see if that pays off for them. But I, I'm curious to see if Auburn's defense is for real. I'm really curious if if they can, and I'm really probably most worried about over pursuing early in the game. I don't want this group to be so fired up that they use the speed of Derek Hall and the speed of TD Moultrie and the speed of McLean and Owen Papo, and they catch him on a play action, and you know, and they hit across the middle, and you're going, oh come on, guys, to over the middle to a tight end for 25 yards, you know, it's that stuff that that they're too jacked up, and you know, they're trying to communicate within a new defense. There's new terminology. It's early in the game. Don't give up a big play early in the game. Don't get the don't let the emotion get to you. Don't over pursue something. Lose your focus. Lose your keys, and give up something big early. If they can get through that, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable in what they can do the last two three quarters. But it's that beginning of the game that I want to make sure that they're they're settled down and playing sound. Yeah. 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 I I can, I can see that happening. Giving up a few big plays just from being overly jacked. I mean. It's uh, it's liable to happen, and you got guys that are wanting to scream off the edge and and wanting to they're wanting to blitz a little bit more. So yeah, they're going to hit a few play actions, some screens, some things like that probably. But you know, we used to hate the term "bend don't break," but that seems to be kind of the philosophy of all defenses now. It's with the new offenses being so you know so big and uh powerful so uh you know i i could see that happening but the but the key is not letting them in the end zone right can't let them in the end zone and uh that's what they've done to this point when when people have driven on them they've stopped them from getting in the end zone uh it it seems like big plays have come when they were backed up with their backs against the wall in the past and i'm not just talking this year but but with the same guys like Roger McCreary, Smoke Monday. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they'll handle that part. 
And then, and I'll just say this too, Justin, about the that Florida game in 2019. I was at that game too, and I was right behind the sideline for Auburn. Honestly, that game is what got me started uh, writing so much about the games because I was just so disgusted with the sideline operations. It, it was so discombobulated. I don't know how they get anything done. I don't know how they make, made substitutions. I'm not sure how they called plays. It was just so much going on. It was like a circus on the sideline. And, and I come from, you know, I come from uh, uh, when I played and, and coached, it, it was all organized and everything was – and we we had good offenses. And, and it, I felt like it was because of the organization. And that's just wasn't part of the last staff. So far watching this sideline, watching the way that they operate, they all seem to be focused. They all seem to be locked in. They have a clear, uh, you know, purpose. They know what they're trying to do, and and that's going to be a big factor when they go on the road in any environment. doesn't matter if it's the wideout at Penn State. So that's kind of what I've been looking at and seeing if that's been different, and it looks much different to me. We'll see if that makes a difference in this game or in all away games going forward. So I, I like the way it's looked so far. All right, let's end on this. What's the number that Auburn what's the number that Auburn can't give up? Because I don't know how many points they're gonna score, but how, how many points? Let's look at it this way. Uh, what's the number the defense needs to hold Penn State to to win this football game? If it gets if Penn State hits this number, it's too much for Auburn. Um what do you what do you think it is? I'm leaning I'm thinking... twenty-seven to thirty range. Like I think Auburn could get to yeah. twenty-four. I think twenty-seven to thirty in the circumstances around this game. I, th- I think 27 to 30 would be pushing it. It's a really good offensive performance if you go on the road right out of the bat against Penn State and, go- and put up 27 or, or 30. I- I w- that would really impress me. You know, they could get a turnover that could set that stuff up. That changes things. I yeah. I don't know how to anticipate a short field, but I think 27, 27 or more, and you're I think you're pushing it for right now. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to go a little lower. I was thinking 21-24 just because I think it'll be a slower-paced game. And uh, it's not because both of these offense are kind of as far as tempo goes. They're not just they're not the uh, no huddle, hurry up teams. They have the capability to do it, but they'd rather stay with the half court offense if, if that makes sense. They want to go slower. So um, that's I, I think twenty four points would probably be too much. Speaking of which, if 24, that means a field goal was probably made somewhere. And uh, the kicker for Penn State, Jordan Stout, he has he is a new guy. He's been on the roster, but he hasn't been playing for him. The other guy was Jake Penninger, and he's replaced him this year. And he had a bad miss in the Wisconsin game that was about 27 yards out. So maybe that's something to watch. They may be afraid to use him too much. And I think the kickers are going to need to be used to, to get some field goals. It's just when you're talking about trying to get points on the board. So that's going to be something to watch for sure. No, you're right. Anders Carlson could come up big in this game um, he could. as well. And hopefully, and hopefully Javaris Johnson's fully healthy. I mean, he's going to play um, a little banged up last week, probably fine. I mean, as a receiver, you're, you probably always have some kind of little ankle tweak. I mean, it's not probably yeah. completely uncommon, um, but but his his thing is speed, and they need him. He, he's a guy that can cause problems in the in the middle of the field, and he can get you a big play. 
And so hopefully yeah. he's healthy and fresh and um and ready and ready to go, man. And maybe Dawson we'll see how as well. Dawson too. He's getting his first action. Curious to see if how comfortable they are with him. You know, yeah. game yeah. one on the road, put him out there and, and let him do something or 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 just, you know, hold him back a little bit or you know, how how much do they trust him? You know, well sometimes it's best to just be thrown into the fire, right? <laughs> well, he's about to be. Yeah. Um, I'd love yeah. to see both them on the field at, at the same time, potentially, Absolutely. or, you know, as much as people focus on Demetrius Robertson, how about putting Tavares Dawson out there who hasn't played a game? How about putting him out there and running a reverse to him? Yeah. Um, or, or, or something like that where he, people don't even know who he is. He's just in there. And next thing you know, you, you know, you run maybe a bubble screen to him or something like that, or, or you, or you set up a reverse to him if you're running the ball well with somebody with his speed and, he makes a play and, and, and they're not keying on him. So yep. that could be an interesting development. Well, we'll see how it goes. Auburn, Penn State. Hope everybody has a, a great Saturday, man. 6.30, ABC. Um, should be a fun matchup regardless. Look, we're going to find out more about this Auburn team, and that's a good thing. No more wondering. You're going to find out some, some, some answers to what this team's about. How good is the offensive line? How good is the defense? Is Bo Nix uh, – is he is he developing like you, you know you want him to? We're going to find this stuff out. Penn State's a very good opponent, and uh, you'll get a lot of answers. And I think uh, and I think if you're Auburn, regardless of what happens, it sets you up well for the conference schedule because you can play this game, you can learn a ton, you come back against Georgia State, and then you start conference play on the road against LSU. So if you're Auburn, you can come back and, and work on a ton of stuff against Penn State. You can even work on cleaning some of it, uh, some of it up against Georgia State the next week, um, who, who should be overmatched. And so it's not like you're going to come right back the next week and play in the SEC. So it's, it's, it's not a bad um, deal. It just means after this game, you better learn and you better, you better get it going because from there on out, that schedule's the real deal. There's no more, no more non-conference, no more breaks. So – um, yeah. We'll see what happens, man. Cole, thanks for joining us, dude. Yeah, of course. It's yeah, podcast, man, go man. check out Cole. Yeah, go check out Cole's five questions on the AuburnLive.com website. He's, he's got some five questions breaking down the game on what to expect uh, in this game. We have a recruiting war room up. We've got exclusive feature with TD Moultrie. Should have mentioned that a little bit earlier, but uh, we did an NIL deal with TD Moultrie, so we'll have a video series with him going on, and then we'll have full coverage of the game at AuburnLive.com. Um, appreciate everybody joining us. Have an awesome Saturday. We'll talk to you again after this game. We'll see what happens. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.